Do you need help with your journey following Jesus? Has your Bible reading brought up some interesting questions? Um, I, I need a prayer request. Is I've heard um, pastors talk about you can't get to heaven just with good deeds. I was just wondering what you guys think. Is, the, is there a correlation between the seventh trumpet and Revelations as the last trumpet, or is he talking about some other trumpet? Finally, a place to get answers. We're ready to take your prayer request and answer your Bible questions. Call in at 303-690-3000. Let's join Calvary Live right now. And you are tuned in to Calvary Live, and I am your host for the next hour, Jeff Figs of Calvary Chapel Greeley. And I'm here ready to take your questions and prayer requests. You just heard the number, the opening of the show. It's 303-690-3000. This, of course, is the radio program where you, the listener, get to call in and ask questions about uh, the Bible, maybe about Christian living, uh, maybe current events as we see the things going on around us in this world. How do we look at it, uh, our Christian worldview towards those things? Uh, and I want to be able to take you to the Word of God. I want to bring clarity and understanding uh, in any way that I can. So grab one of those open lines. Let's talk about Jesus. Let's talk about the uh, things of the Lord. Let's go to the Word of God together. And we are so blessed that we're able to go to God's truth. So 303-690-3000. Also, there's a means for you to be able to uh, text in uh, a prayer request or a question, and that is 720-336-0897, 720-336-0897. I've said this before, but uh, if you're uh, a regular listener to Calvary Live, put that in your contacts, and you can just pull it up and text us a question. And uh, But this is your show. This is you, the listener, get to be a part of the show. Uh, let's talk about the things that are important to you. Let's edify and encourage each other and the things of the Lord. That's my desire to bless you, to to pray for you, uh, to encourage you in the things of the Lord, how we need that. And that's why it says in Hebrews chapter 10, not to forsake our, the assembly of ourselves together, as it was the matter of some during that time. And it is important for us to, yes, be in fellowship and, and belong to a body of believers, but this is a time where we're assembling together. So I want to encourage you as we take advantage of this time. We're so thankful for today's technology that we can call in and um, that we can have this program over the air. We want to welcome all the Grace FM listeners uh, for you along the front range in Colorado. What a beautiful day it is. And... Um, I love this time of year. Uh, the trees are beginning to leaf out. It's warm. Uh, it's uh, Life is springing forth. It's just a, a glorious time, springtime. And uh, we want to be an addition to the blessing of this time of year to you as you call in and we talk about the things of the Lord. Um, I want to welcome those of you listening in southern Wyoming and Laramie and Cheyenne. Love to hear from you guys. Uh, you guys um, are such an important part of our listening uh, area, and uh, so give us a call. Whether you're out taking a walk in the park or at home getting a snack for the kids or you're at soccer practice or uh, track practice watching your kids, you got the opportunity to call in. Uh, if you're in traffic, be careful. Uh, we want to just bless your day. Maybe you're out in the fields working up here in Weld County in northern Colorado in the fields or driving a, a, a oil uh, truck whatever the case may be, uh, give us a call, 303-690-3000, and 
and let's just uh, bless one another as we talk about the things of the Lord and for prayer requests. Let's go to our phone lines right now. Let's go to Jordan in Longmont. Jordan? Jordan? Jordan wanted a prayer request. Jordan, if you get a chance to call back, are you there, Jordan? Okay, we lost Jordan, but Jordan wanted a prayer request for his little brother. So, Jordan, if you're listening, we're going to go ahead and pray for your little brother. We don't know exactly what uh, those uh, the request is, but the Lord does. So, Father Jordan called in. Uh, he lost contact or dropped off uh, the, the phone. So we go ahead and we just lift up his little brother to you. We pray that you would just, whatever the circumstance is, that you would um, just bless him, um, that you would minister to him, that you would help him. And uh, we just pray that if we get opportunity to talk to him again in the show, that you would um, just help us to be able to minister to him. So we lift him up, whatever the needs might be, in Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, call in if you got prayer requests or a Bible question. I'd love to talk to you, 303-690-3000. There's a text line, and uh, we have uh, that, which is available as well, 720-336-0897. So all lines are open. So if you've always wanted to call in, this is the time for you to call in, and, and let's talk about the things of the Lord. I welcome all the Grace FM uh, listeners, and so we also want to welcome those on the East Coast um, that are listening on uh, Hope FM and Truth FM, and you guys uh, can call at this number that you just heard, 303-690-3000, and you can be on the air and uh, you're a week delayed, so you'll hear today's program a week from now. Uh, but we get to talk about the things of the Lord and things that are important to you as well. As I was mentioning, uh, as I was uh, this morning, just I, I love this time of year as, uh, as life is springing forth, as uh, spring is here, the weather's getting warm. Um, and I love, for me personally, I am just in heaven when I... Um, I'm able to sit in my backyard and uh, just to listen to the birds. Uh, we have a, a den of baby foxes that have been in our, our front yard. We live in kind of a, a rural area, and uh, it's been fun to watch them play over in the evenings and early mornings over the last uh, few weeks. And I, I just love spending time with the Lord and, and um, just it reminded me so much of uh, what I was reading this afternoon, Lamentations chapter 3, and I want to read it to you, and um, then we'll kind of go back to the phone lines. But uh, we are told, as Jeremiah writes, through the Lord's mercy we are not consumed, but as compassion fails not, and they are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. And the Lord is my portion, says my soul, therefore I hope in him. And the Lord is good to those who wait for him, to the soul who seeks him. It is good that one should hope and wait quietly for the salvation of the Lord. And so um, I pray that as we enter into this time of warm weather and you get to spend those early mornings perhaps outside or just enjoying this season, that you would come to realize that uh, his mercies fail not and his um, you know, compassion is new every morning, and that you would just draw closer to the Lord in every way. Well, let's go to uh, our phone lines. Let's go to BJ. 
who is on I-25 going to Idaho. BJ, you're on Calvary Live. BJ, are you there? All right. He wanted to know um, why the number 40 in the Bible um, is so much. And um, we'll see. Maybe he's on I-25. Maybe he got out of range or something like that. But, BJ, if you're able to listen, um, BJ, are you there? Okay. The number 40 is there. Don't know why. We do know that. Uh, for example, that uh, Moses was up on a mountain for 40 days. We know Jesus, the temptation was 40 days. We seem to see this number that is there, and um, and and why the 40 days? Um, there's those who get into numerology, and, and that numbers have certain meanings and stuff, um, but we do see that 40 that is there um, when it comes to Moses and Jesus, and at other times uh, we see the number so... Um, so anyway, um, it's, it's something that we see oftentimes. Um, and you know, as far as numerology, we know like seven is the number of completion, uh, the number of perfection. You see that eight is, uh, you know, the number of, of new beginnings. You see the number three, you see numbers that are repeated. And we see this, of course, for 40 as well. Well, I'm waiting for open lines, um, uh, for phone calls, we do have open lines, so give me a call at 303-690-3000. This is Calvary Live with Pastor Jeff Figs, and we'll go ahead and go to the um, text questions while we're waiting for the phone lines to come through. Hopefully they're working. You know, it's great when the technology is working, but sometimes uh, we get little uh, glitches in them and stuff, so hopefully they're working okay, and um, and. Uh, the connection between me and Greeley and the studio in Aurora. Uh, we'll just try to work out those bugs because I know BJ called and also Jordan from Longmont, and we weren't able to connect, but we'll keep trying to do that, folks. And uh, and let's talk about the things of the Lord. One of the text questions, as you see the things that are going on in the world around you, uh, some people sometimes call on those things, and there's a question that came in with Trump pulling out the Iran nuclear deal. Do you think that we'll see Ezekiel 38? And that's a good question because uh, for those of you who are uh, to study prophecy, we know that Ezekiel 38 talks about uh, a war that will take place in the Middle East and an invasion into Israel uh, by a confederation of nations that are, uh, that are uh, there um, led by Russia and Iran, and uh, it seems to indicate Turkey as well. We see a lot of stage-setting events that have been taking place. We don't know if this latest current um, situation uh, with, uh, with pulling out of the Iran nuclear deal uh, is going to lead to Ezekiel 38. We know that it will happen. We know that uh, it's going to take place. We know that uh, th- that uh, it will be fulfilled in the latter days, but exactly what is, you know, when it's going to happen, we don't know. Um, they are having reports that uh, Israel is conducting more airstrikes uh, around Damascus, um, hitting some targets. We don't know if they're Iranian targets or um, other Syrian targets, but the tensions are high, and we're watching it, and Keep in mind, Ezekiel 38 is when Russia, Iran, Turkey, and other 
uh, nations are going to invade Israel. So we're, we're watching it very carefully, and we'll see what's going to happen. Well, let's try our phone lines again. Let's go to Harvey in Aurora. Harvey? How are you? I'm good. I'm good. I got a question. Um, in my seminary class and in this uh, uh, other class where we were trying to develop a, a curriculum or whatever for discipleship, this verse, I think it's in Isaiah 7, 14, somewhere around there, talks about an angel falling from the sky and how it, it was uh, put in the context of, like, that was the devil. Right. But like, uh, in my seminary class, they were like, this could be referencing to, like, the king of Tyree or something. Right. What is happening? And, hey, um, Harvey, I'm going to have you kind of turn down your, your radio, if you can, a little bit. There we go. It's a lot more clear. But okay. what is happening in that section is, um, in that section of Isaiah, there's these proclamations against uh, the nations. It starts out with Babylon, and actually in chapter 14, it's talking about the fall of the king of Babylon. But what is interesting about Isaiah, you got to kind of put your thinking cap on, because with Isaiah, all of a sudden he'll change the subject very rapidly. He'll be talking about a new uh, or near fulfillment that will take place, and that was Babylon would end up falling uh, to the Medes and the Persians uh, in about 536 B.C., um, about almost 200 years after Isaiah is making these prophecies. But also there's future fulfillments that are going to be fulfilled. And the thing about Babylon, where you really have to think about chapters 13, the proclamation against them, and the proclamation against um, you know the king of Babylon— is there's also the future fulfillment that talks about the Babylonian system, the world right. system. We know from Revelation chapters 17 and 18, what do you read in those two chapters? You read about commercial Babylon, you read about religious Babylon that's going to fall in the last days, in the tribulation period, right before the second coming of Jesus Christ. And who is the king of and the prince of you know, this world, uh, the God, little g of this world, is Satan. So when you get to yeah, chapter oh. four, when you get to chapter 14, it is talking about the fall of the king of Babylon. Um, but when you read it in verse 7, the whole earth is at rest and quiet. They break forth in the singing because the king of Babylon is, is going to fall. Uh, when Nebuchadnezzar, Babylon fell, they kind of took over the whole known world. But in verse 12, it's how you have fallen from heaven, O Lucifer, son in the morning, how you are cut down the ground, you are weakened the nations. For you have said in your heart, I will ascend into heaven. I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. I will also sit on the mount of the congregation on the farthest sides of the north. I will ascend above the heights of the clouds. I will be like the most high. So we know that that speaks of Satan. That speaks of Satan, who is the son of the morning, um, who weakened the nations, uh, who's the one that became very prideful and said, I'm going to ascend to heaven. I'm going to exalt my throne above the stars of God. I'll sit on the mount of the congregation, um, and I will be like the Most High. So most scholars believe that is a picture of Satan. Now, there are some who say 
that, no, it's not really speaking of Satan, that it's just speaking of Nebuchadnezzar, right? right Nebuchadnezzar, right. in Daniel chapter 2, what did he do? He made an image of himself of all gold. And what he was saying in that image is he was defying a vision that he had, the interpretation of it given by Daniel, that you're the head of gold, Nebuchadnezzar, in the dream that you had, but you're going to be replaced by another kingdom. And in as you read those chapters, you know, chapters 2 and then chapter 3, here is Nebuchadnezzar, 20 years later, makes the image all of gold because he sees himself as a god. He exalts right. himself. My kingdom is never going to come to an end. So there are some scholars that believe that it's just simply speaking of Nebuchadnezzar, that he wanted to exalt himself and be the one that is considered sitting on the throne. I think it's speaking of the fall of Lucifer, um, who fell and became Satan, um, that it is speaking of his pride. And, um, you know, it goes on to say, those who see you will gaze at you and consider you saying, is this the man who made the earth tremble, who shook the nations, um, who made the world as a wilderness and destroyed its cities and did not open the house of his prisoners? That certainly speaks of Satan. So most scholars believe it is a reference to Satan, just like when you go to the book of Ezekiel, um, Ezekiel yeah. has has the same thing in Ezekiel, I believe it's 18 or 28, um, that speaks of Satan. Yeah. Satan as well. All right? All right, well, yeah, that makes sense. Okay, so, yeah, because I've seen it in a statement of elites in this class, and then I've got the, I guess, the other portion from a seminary, and everything they tell you in seminary is not always right, so... Oh, thank you. <laughs> just study, yeah, just study your Bible, and you know there can be different thoughts, and it could be uh, you know a secondary reference to Nebuchadnezzar, but I think the primary reference is to Lucifer, and I believe that's what most theologians and scholars believe. All right. All right. Sounds like a plan. Thank you. Hey, Harvey. Keep studying. Good job. All right. Thanks yes, for sir. calling in. Thank you. You bet. All right, I think we got the phone lines working. 303-690-3000 is the number to call and be on the air and ask your questions about the Bible or current events or Christian living uh, or prayer requests. And we have a prayer request right now from Thornton, so we're going to go to line two. You're on Calvary Live. Are you able to hear me? I am able to hear you. Oh, very good. Very good. So I am calling... Um, it's a prayer that's been on my heart for many, many years, and I just thought maybe some folks could join me today. Um, my husband is, um, he professes to be a believer. However, he lives in a state of unpeace, <laughs> the opposite of peace, of turmoil, of unhappiness, of, um, of seeing the ugly and everything, and um, and that includes myself. And uh-huh. I, um, I, there was a time when I did the "if you can't beat them, join them," and I, and I tried to speak his language and and talk negative about people, and and I've I've not I'm not doing that anymore. Um, that was a time when I was just trying to connect with him because nothing seemed to work. But 
I knew that that was wrong. And so I, I don't do that anymore. But um, so obviously I could use prayer as well for um, the spirit guiding me. I, um, I pray all the time about this, but for whatever reason, um, it seems the closer I get to God, Satan even attacks more through him. Right. And um, my husband tends to get very verbally abusive and rude and cruel and nasty. And right. um, okay. I, just, I just want him to have freedom to feel the love of God that he felt right. back when we were kids, and he just has lost it. And um, he's, like, trapped in this negative whirlpool yeah and and i'm so sorry that you know for how difficult it is for you um you know we live in a society that's very negative um we live in a culture that um, likes to be negative that likes to criticize that likes to um, analyze everything um, endless analysis with the news, with the media, with all these yeah. things that bombard us. And we love to tear down. And yeah. it should not be that way with us as Christians. Matter of fact, when you were talking, I was thinking about Ephesians chapter 4, uh, verse mm-hmm. 29, that says, Let no corrupt word proceed out of your mouth, but what is good for necessary edification, that it may impart grace to the hearers. Um, and I think that's a word for all of us that are listening right now. Uh, I, I don't want to be negative. I, I don't want to be gossipy. I don't want to be tearing right. people down. I want to build people up. And when I was younger, I, I'd be more um, quick to, to be critical um, and, and things like that. And I, I realize it doesn't bring the righteousness of God. Um, it just tears down. And it, right. And if there's anything that you know we will speak truth we will um we will point out that which is wrong but what happens is is we can become very negative in our hearts in that 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 negative mindset and uh heart begins to just get grow and it gets worse and it begins to corrupt us and yeah. to where we 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 forget about um you know, that, that word to speak edification to one another. And Proverbs, of course, speaks a lot about, um, you know, words and building up. You're either going to build up or you're going to tear down. And right. I've chosen I want to build up. And it doesn't mean it excludes correction or, uh, or rebuke, but to do it out of love. And Ephesians goes on to say, speak the truth in love. So certainly want to pray for you, and we'll do that. We'll pray for, I'm sure there are those who are listening that are going through um, maybe a spouse or a child or maybe a supervisor that is just really uh, verbally abusive or negative and tears down. And Father, I pray for my sister who is going through this and I just pray that you would touch her husband, that you would um, draw him to yourself, that he would understand that uh, words do hurt, and they cut, and they tear down, and they do damage. 
And so, Lord, I just pray that um, you would convict his heart, and, Lord, that um, you would just help him to open his eyes spiritually to see what that does. I pray for my sister here. I pray that uh, you would strengthen her, give her the words to say uh, that would minister to her husband, um, to be able to um, be able to to just have the strength to get through the days and the moments where it gets very difficult. And I pray that for anybody who's listening uh, out there today, because we live in a culture that's very negative, very um, critical, and um, and anybody who's going through just the attack attacks of negativity, uh, criticism being torn down, that they would understand that you love them, you're valuable to them, and Lord, that you would uh, work in their situations. And Lord, I pray for us as Christians that we would understand that you desire for no corrupt word to proceed out of our mouths, that you desire for us to be ones that are building people up, giving truth and love, and we are being edifying in every way that we can. And I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks so much. I really appreciate that. And the verse is really helpful as well. Thank you. You're welcome. God bless you. Okay, we're getting ready to go to break here before too long, but we have open lines. So give me a call at 303-690-3000. Maybe you just need prayer. Uh, Maybe you have a question about the Bible or uh, how sh- we should live and conduct ourselves as Christians. We want to go to the Word of God. And so 303-690-3000, uh, I'd love to be able to converse with you. Let me give you that text line again, and uh, 720-336-0897. Um, as we just got off the, the phone uh, talking about um, the words that we speak and, th- and things like that, um, we want to be ones, uh, Christians, that are really building people up. Um, it's so easy in our culture. We can listen to, um, you know, all these talk shows. We can listen to endless analysis. We can, you know, read the tabloid news, and we can be so negative. And we don't want to be that way. We want to be light. We want our speech to be seasoned with grace, is what we are told in the scriptures. And we want to build people up as much as we can. And I've chosen to do that. And that's one of the things that the Lord um, is, you know, really has over the years just ministered to me about. I know that um, that I'm not perfect in this, but to be able to um, just have my speech seasoned with grace. And, and if it's not going to help, if it's not going to correct, if it's not going to um, build up, then I just assume not say it. And um, we want to be known for being a blessing to others, not um, tearing others down. So I think that's something to pray through, to think about. Um, And if you have difficulty with that, that's one of the things about Grace FM or Truth FM, Hope FM, is that you get encouraged. um, You get blessed. um, you, You are having the Word of God that's coming in and washing your mind and your heart with the Word of God and renewing your mind. Um, But when we're just surrounded with the world and the stuff of the world, it can get very, very difficult. 
And uh, so that's why it's important to fill your mind with the things of God. That's why I'm so appreciative of this radio station, Grace FM, and the teachers that are on it, uh, because I can listen to it. And if I turn to another station, which sometimes I want to catch something, um, if I listen to it too long, it begins to, you know, uh, here it comes, all the negativity and things like that. And uh, so, uh, again, uh, we can listen to news. We can listen to the talk radios, uh, talk TV, um, the analysis and stuff like that. But let's not get drugged down into all the, the um, you know, critical and gossiping and all that. Hey, um, we're going to go to uh, the phone lines when we get back. So if you're waiting, hang on. We'll be right back after the break. You're listening to Calvary Live with Pastor Jeff Figs. Welcome back to Calvary Live. Give us a call at 303-690-3000 or text us at 720-336-0897. Let's join Calvary Live right now. Welcome back to the second half of Calvary Live. And I'm so thankful to be with you today on this beautiful day. I'm Jeff Figs. I pastor Calvary Chapel Greeley in Northern Colorado. And so I'm here to take your questions and prayer requests. As you heard the number, 303-690-3000. We have some open lines, but uh, let's go to Hoagie in Cheyenne. He's been waiting. And Hoagie? Yes. You're on Calvary Live. Yeah, my question is, uh, I heard that it was uh, Israel becomes one nation, and that generation will not pass out the the Lord. What is you know, Hoagie, you're coming in a little bit broken up, but I think I got the gist of what you're asking about, about the budding of the fig tree. Is that right? If the nation of Israel, that that generation will not pass away, uh, as Jesus said, um, that um, a- until all things take place. Um, is that what you're asking? Yeah. You, you know, it's interesting. There's a lot of written on that. Um, there's a lot of debate on that, what exactly Jesus was saying. I'm going to read to you from Luke's narrative. Uh, we also see it in Matthew's Gospel. But Jesus, after he talks about uh, the signs of the times of the end of the age, the coming of the Son of Man, he, he speaks the parable of the fig tree. And he said that, look at the fig tree and all, and all the trees. That's interesting. He says, look at all the trees. When they are already budding, you see and know for yourselves that summer is near. So you also, when you see these things happening, know that the kingdom of God is near. And surely I say to you, this generation will by no means pass away till all these things take place. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will no means pass away. Um, so it's interesting. The The question is, and the discussion goes, um, that when you see these things happening— you know that um, that the kingdom of God is near, and that this generation will by no means pass away till these things take a place. The question is, what is the generation? There are those who believe that the fig tree is speaking of Israel, because in the Old Testament, you see that um, figs um, are likened to the nation of Israel. It's a symbol of the nation of Israel. 
Um, so when the nation of Israel, they came uh, to ex- in existence, they just celebrated their 70th anniversary as a nation, that when they come as a nation and become a nation, then that generation will no means pass away until these things take place that Jesus just talked about in the coming of the Son of Man. It's interesting, uh, there are those who uh, have tried to set dates with it. They say that um, that a generation is 40 years, so there was a book that came out that was very popular in the 80s. It was uh, 88 Reasons Why Jesus Must Come Back in 1988, because a generation is 40 years. Israel was a nation in 1948, and so that sold a lot of books, and of course Jesus didn't come back in 1988. There are those who put degeneration as a generation of Abraham in the book of Genesis, that Abraham was told that um, four generations, that your descendants are going to be in a foreign land that is Egypt. So is a generation a hundred years? Or if you take the genealogy that's in Matthew and you calculate it, a generation comes out to like 67 years. There's all kinds of formulas that people come up with trying to figure out a generation. Um, And I think that gets people into trouble because Jesus said, no one knows the day, the hour of my return. I don't think Jesus said this to give us a math formula to try to figure out when he's going to return. But what he's saying is that once they come back into the land, the Jews, and once they are established, because in Luke's gospel, and the reason that I mention Luke's gospel, because Jesus talks about how Jerusalem's going to be destroyed um, after his death, burial, and resurrection. Uh, the days of vengeance, all these things written are going to be fulfilled. And, uh, and Jerusalem will be trampled uh, by Gentiles until the times of the Gentiles are fulfilled. But Jesus talks about how they will come back into the land. And from all the nations, that has happened. It's happening right now. And they are going to stay there. And I simply... Uh, think that that's what Jesus is saying, that um, that word generation can be translated race as well. So once they come back into the land, they're not going away until the fullness of the Gentile has come in. So um, when you see the budding of a, a fig tree and all the trees, you know summer is near. When you see these signs coming to pass, Israel becoming a nation, and, and these other things coming to pass, you know that the coming of the Son of Man has come near. So I don't know if that helps or not. Uh, you still with us? Well, apparently, uh, hopefully that Hoagie uh, got that answer, but it's something that is talked about and written a lot about. And, um, you know, one of the things that Jesus said, when you begin to see these things come to pass, look up and rejoice for your redemption draws near. So I think we're seeing the budding of the fig tree and all the trees and these things that are happening all around us that point to the soon return of Jesus Christ. Let's go to Deborah from New Jersey. Deborah? Hi, good evening. Yes, Pastor. Uh, I have a question. I'm having a discussion with a friend. And, you know, I don't believe that Mary actually appears to people but and I just he keeps asking me for proof, you know how I could say that, and I was just wondering if you could shed some light on on some scripture. The only one I really come up with time and time again is there's only one an intermediator between God and man, and that's the Lord Jesus. 
And, right. uh, I, you know, I just don't know how to, you know, defend myself against him. <laughs> well, just keep giving him scripture. Um, you know, uh, uh, there, you know, he can argue about she's a deity, but what's his source? Um, where's he getting it from? The Bible says that we're to test the spirits to see if they are of God. And because many false teachers have gone out into the world. So right. everything that is said, you, you, um, you know, filter it through the word of God. And, and so what you're doing is exactly what you should be doing, that there's one mediator between God and man, the man, Christ Jesus. Um, you know, Jesus was called the father, um, the, the, uh, you know, all these things. And then at that point, they're going to either accept it or not. And so um, there's, you know, here's the thing about debating and here's the thing about discussions. Mm-hmm. I've learned that over the years, I simply give them the word of God and they may argue against it. They may dismiss it. Um, they may, um, you know, do whatever with it. But my final authority is from the word of God. Um <laughs> Yeah, I've actually researched some of the stories, like the Lady of Guadalupe, and the, there's a lot of different ones. And you know, she she never really refers to the Lord Jesus. But anyway, would there be any other scripture besides you know one mediator between God and man? Well, yeah, I mean Jesus made those claims. Um, you, you know, and there's sometimes those who try to elevate Mary, and I think that's what you're talking about, um, that's what, yes. is, is, is Mary. Um, here's the thing about Mary. When you go to Luke chapter 2, the Magnifico, when she expresses, um, she's, she is blessed. Um, and I would take them to um, Luke's Gospel, Um, and one of the things that helps me is, and let me pull it up for you. Um, but you know, when the announcement was made in Luke chapter one, um, it said that, um, Mary, don't be afraid. You're found favor with God. Um, and in verse 28, the angel said to her, rejoice, highly favored one. The Lord is with you. Blessed are you among women. She is blessed. She got to carry the Christ child. But yeah. in a song of Mary, she says that my soul magnifies the Lord. My spirit has rejoiced in God, my Savior, for he has regarded the lowly state of his maidservant. She understood where her place was. She understood that the Savior of the world was for her as well. And right. there's nowhere in the scriptures where we're to pray to Mary. Um, we know that in John chapter 2, when Jesus was conversing with Mary, Mary asked him to turn, um, when they ran out of wine, uh, went to Jesus, and, um, and she would say to the servants, as Jesus was going to turn water into wine, um, she, she said, do what he says. Um, nowhere do we see in the scriptures where Jesus, you know, is, um, elevates Mary, um, uh, to a point of a mediator, um, an intercessor. Matter of fact, the last we see Mary is she's in the upper room praying with the disciples. 
She understood that mm-hmm. Jesus died for her sins. She's blessed. She right. is highly favored one, but she's not a mediator. And exactly. she wasn't sinless, and she had other children. So we need to make sure that she's in her proper place, what the Scripture says, and she understood that. Um, read that in Luke chapter um, 1, um, in verses 46 through 55. Um, she really understood um, that she's carrying a Christ child, and God was her Savior. And um, she understood that she needed the Savior of the world, Jesus Christ, as well. So, you know, those are the things that I would look at. But nowhere do we see that. We don't hear a whole lot about Mary, but nowhere do we see that she is to be prayed to. Nowhere do we see that she's an intercessor. Nowhere do we see that she's a mediator. Well, what's really interesting to me and what sort of sparked this entire conversation between us was there's a Catholic holiday. It's on December the 8th, and it's called the Immaculate Conception of Mary. Yeah. So he's trying to tell me that that's when Jesus, you know, was immaculately conceptive. But if you look it up and Google it, it's actually saying that Mary was immaculately conceptive herself. And that's actually a Catholic holiday. And I was just shocked by that when I, when I, you know, learned about that. And, but I really appreciate you helping me. And I'm going to, um, I am going to mark out those verses in Luke. You know, here's the thing to remember that, that, you know, uh, Mary was a virgin when she was conceived of the Holy Spirit and bore Jesus. Right. Um, that is very, very clear. But what the Catholic Church believes is this perpetual virginity. We know that um, Mary had other children, and they were not born of, uh, of you know, uh, she had normal relationships with Joseph after Jesus was born. Right. So, you know, that's the thing that we need to keep in mind. Jesus had brothers that are mentioned in the Gospels. He had sisters. Uh, more accurately, half-brothers and sisters, because his father is God the Father, and Mary was his mother. But um, that's that's what happens is when we elevate her um, to where, yes, she uh, Jesus was born of a virgin, but after the birth of Jesus, Mary had uh, relations with her husband Joseph and had other children, and, um, and we know that very clearly. So uh, one of the things, too, is um, in chapter 8, There Mm -hmm. in verse 21, um, you know, Jesus' mother and brothers came to him, and it was told to Jesus, your mother and your brothers are standing outside desiring to see you. But he answered Mm -hmm. and said to them, my mother and my brothers are those who hear the word of God and do it. So those Mm -hmm. are verses that you can kind of run by and just give the word of God and to make sure that they understand uh, that, yes, Mary was blessed, highly exalted, uh, of all of human history, she's the one that carried uh, the Christ child, but she is not a mediator, not an intercessor. Um, she's not um, you know, a co-redemptor, only Jesus. And I think you gave a good verse um, from Timothy. Well, he keeps going back to this cloth in uh, Our Lady of Guadalupe with this man, Diego, or who, I forget his name. But he's saying, well, what about this cloth that has Mary, you know, burned into it, and the cloth has been, you know, never deteriorated for 500 years? And then he said something like, you know, I I hope, you know, Mary would appear to you so you would believe. And I said, well, 
I hope so, too. And if she does ever appear to me, I would say, you know, are you a spirit here in the name of Jesus Christ? Because if you're not, like, take a hike. And then he's, you know, just making fun of me for that. But but I yeah. think that's what we're supposed to do is test the spirit, right? I, right, I we're know. to test the he spirit. <laughs> but, yeah, the, yeah the... I will dig those verses out. And I just, he just has me, you know, he's not confusing me, but he's trying to. And it's, right. you know, I just needed a professional, you know, backup, which which is you. Listen, just stick (laughs) with the Word of God. Just stick with the Word of God. Just give them the Word of God. And, um, you know, some people, they they like the signs, the wonders, the visions. um, And what we have is the Word of God to give to them. So I think you're doing fine. And just pray for him that his eyes will be opened up uh, to the truth of God's Word. Because I can't yeah. dissuade him, I can't persuade him with scripture. So I just pray, like Lord, you know, Father, show him the truth. And even yesterday, he said he was on the beach with a bunch of, uh, I don't know, Latino people, and they were looking at some picture of Mary. And he posed the question to them, and they said to him, "That you know, I'm loco. I don't know what I'm talking about." So none well, of them. Yeah, you know, and I don't and. Know. The th- <laughs> the thing about it is is just keeping them the word of God, keep loving them and um and you know, just praying for them. That's what we do. So why don't we do that right now? So Father, I pray yes. for Deborah and um I pray to you give her wisdom in, in ministering to this Thank one you. that uh, comes to her. She she wouldn't get upset, she wouldn't, you know, argue, but just simply give the word of God in love. And yes. um Lord, we know that Mary was very special, but She's not a co-redemptor. She's not the mediator. Uh, she's not. Um, she's not an intercessor. But Lord, Jesus died for her sins, and yes, um, so Lord, I just pray that her friend would be able to understand that, and um, that she wouldn't, um, you know, take it personally uh, what uh, he is saying and um, and be offended. But Lord, to help him to see the truth of God's word in every way. So yeah. use her in that way. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Pastor. Have a pleasant evening. You, you bet. Thanks. Bye-bye. Keep giving the word of God to people. That's what we do, and that's what we want to continue. Um, so 303-690-3000. We have open lines, and we got a little over 10 minutes left. Let's go to... Um, the uh, text messages, and um, there is one that is from Greensville, Tennessee. Hey, it's great to hear from you guys from Truth FM, and uh, love to have you guys be a part of this show. Um, and the text is, I love listening to your radio station. I have a prayer request. Please pray for my family. I have many lost family members and I so want them to know Jesus before it's too late. And I think that's such a wonderful prayer request that we want to pray for our family members. We've talked a little bit about the return of the Lord, uh, the events going on in the Middle East, that even in today as we're seeing what's going on in Syria, that that you know points to um, fulfillment of Scripture that is just uh, could happen. We don't know exactly. We know the Lord's coming back. I believe we're in the latter days. Um, but... We want to pray for family members, and we want to pray for those that we love, that their eyes be opened up, and they would come to know Jesus um, before they pass on the scene, because we are reading in Hebrews on Sunday mornings. We're going through the book of Hebrews, 
and we were reading in Hebrews where uh, in chapter uh, 10, it tells us that it's appointed for man to die once and then the judgment. And so we want to make sure that um, we are giving people uh, the truth of God's Word, um, that we are uh, ones that that are praying for people and we don't stop. And I believe that's in chapter 9, actually, at the end of chapter 9, right before you go into chapter 10. But there's no second chances. There's no purgatory. Um, hell is real. Um, and he talks about that in chapter 10. And so, um, you know, uh, it's something that is um, something that we want to do. So I thank you for Felicia that has texted in this question. We pray for her family. She has a heart for them, um, that they're lost. They don't know Jesus as their personal Lord and Savior. And I pray that uh, you, Lord, would touch their hearts, draw them to yourself, um, that you would uh, just um, open their eyes spiritually, and, Lord, they would come to salvation. And I pray for all those who are listening right now. Maybe you're you know, listening to the show that uh, right now that that those who have family members and loved ones and um, those they care for, that we would have a heart to share the gospel and to lift them up in prayer for your salvation to come to them because we all know people that are linked to us in our lives that are lost. And so, Lord, we want to be a light to them and a testimony of truth and that you would, uh, by your Holy Spirit, draw them to yourself, that they might come to salvation in Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, let's go to Sky in Aurora. Sky? Hi, can you hear me? I sure can. How are you? I'm fine, thank you. And yourself? I am good. What do you have for me? Okay, the question now. You know, I've, I've heard a lot of people ask, quote-unquote, can you lose your salvation? And I know nobody can take our salvation from us once we've accepted the Lord, but is there a line, in your opinion, if somebody totally rejects the Lord and uh, just decides not to follow him anymore and not to believe in him anymore? And if I believe the person was saved at one point, but I've, I've, I've seen this person I'm thinking of just completely turn their back on the Lord and have decided that God doesn't exist and they believe in other things like earth spirits, you know, and everything else. So is there a line when you would, I guess, lose your salvation in that you won't make it into heaven when the Lord comes? Well, you know, one of the things I believe in the security of the believer, there's just so many verses um, that are given to us that talks about um, the the believer um, being sealed by the Holy Spirit of promise. Uh, There in um, Ephesians chapter 1, 2 Corinthians mentions it twice. Um, In chapter 1 and chapter 5 of 2 Corinthians, we're sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise, that we're in his hands, and no one can pluck us out of his hand. Um, We know that the Bible talks about that he has begun a good work, will bring it to completion. So there's so many verses in the Bible talking about our security. Um, so the question is, somebody who says they're Christians and then they go into apostate kind of um, what you're talking about, a falling away, have they lost their, their salvation? Um, the question is, when it comes to apostate, if you want to call it that, were they even saved in the first place? 
And I think John kind of touches on that in 1 John chapter um, 2, verse 19. He says, They went out from us, um, but they were not of us. For if they had been of us, they would have continued with us, but they went out that they might be made manifest that none of them were of us. So he's talking about deception in the last hour. Paul talks about those who will fall away from the faith in the latter days, given doctrine to demons. Um, he also mentions it, his last words, uh, about those who are going to be giving uh, over to fables and having itchy ears. And all these things that we kind of discussed in our Hebrew study in uh, chapter 10, um, that it is um, the writer of Hebrews that says um, that if we sin willfully after we have received the knowledge of the truth, there no longer remains a sacrifice for sins. So that's a warning that he's given to them, and I think that's kind of what you're touching on. Um, it is one who willingly, defiantly, presumptuously, they've heard the truth, but they have rejected it. So the question is, were they saved even in the first place? And I have the the uh, just my study of the Word of God that you know when you're born again, um, there's a regeneration that takes place, a living faith that we come to. Uh, but there are those who will come to Christ or say they come to Christ. Is it a living faith that they weren't saved in the first place? So I know there there are those who may disagree with me. But I don't see any, anything in the scriptures that says when we're born again that we can be unborn again. Um, but I will say this, that our salvation is not a game to play with. And that's what we get from the book of Hebrews. And that's what Hebrews is saying, that Jesus is better, and that Jesus is superior, and that he brings a better um, you know, sacrifice. He offered himself once and for all that he ministers in a superior sanctuary, um, that he is provided. And what the author of Hebrews is saying, that if we sin willfully after we receive the knowledge of the truth, then there no longer remains a sacrifice for sin, but a certain fearful expectation which devours the adversary. Those are heavy things. And then he goes on to say that it's a fearful thing to fall into the hands of the living God. We don't want to play games with our salvation. So that's why Paul says... To the Corinthians, he says, listen, examine yourselves to see if you are in the faith. So I think that's a good thing to do. Am I really a believer? Am I really in the faith? Um, And we don't want to play games with our salvation. So I don't know if that helps at all, (laughs) Sky. It it does, because, you know, you hit it right in the head, because, you know, because I'm I'm thinking, um, you know— Indeed, if it's this way, then there's hope for those that we think are lost, you know, and I'm, I'm really glad that I'm not the judge and that the perfect God is the judge, you know, of all this, because some of it's just like, wow. Well, <laughs> you know? and here's so. the thing. I don't, I don't worry for one minute that I've lost my salvation. When I, faith fault, you know, falters or becomes weak, uh, but there is faith there. I believe in him. And, um, you know, and that's the thing. I think it's Paul saying to the Corinthians, listen, examine yourselves to see if you are in the faith. And then James comes along and says that if you have a living faith, it's going to be working somehow and in, in being shown in your life. So I think it's good for all of us to, to, to say, Lord, you know, I do believe in you. 
um, and that I, I, I have faith, and then that, you know, we get a new heart. There's regeneration that takes place, and then uh, we're sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise, and that's what I read in the Scripture. So I very much believe in the security of the believer uh, that comes to Christ. And, um, but there's also the warnings that are given about falling away and, um, and don't play games with their salvation. So hopefully that helps. Great. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. You bet, Sky. Hey, we're coming to the end of the show, and um, sorry we didn't get to everybody. And um, but you know, those are things that I think are worth considering. Um, what I pray for you who are in the Lord, we can struggle, and we can um, our faith can falter. We become weak. We can backslide. That's the whole prodigal son. Um, that we read about in Luke's gospel, that he came back, and I believe the prodigal will come back, uh, but live for Jesus. And and really, um, you know, we don't want to play games with our salvation. So great a salvation that we have. And in the scriptures, uh, I can't help but think about, I want to close the show with reading from the book of Romans. And, and this verse has, uh, was on my heart last week a lot about um, the days in which we're living in, uh, Paul would write to them, he says, and, and do this, knowing that the time, that now it's high time to awake out of sleep, for now our salvation is nearer than when we first believed. And the night is far spent, the day is at hand, therefore let us cast off the works of darkness, and let us put on the armor of light, put on the Lord Jesus Christ, and make no provision for the flesh, fulfill its lust. So hey, you live for Jesus, and go to him, keep growing in the word of God. Hey, Thank you, everybody, who called in to the part of the show. We'll see you next time. You've been listening to Calvary Live. Tune in next time for prayer and God's Word.